Yeah, awesome stuff. Yeah, actually, Andrew and I, we have, we've actually met each other uh, back in 2017. And uh, yeah, we've actually become pretty, pretty great friends since. And yeah, in regards to uh, entrepreneurship, um, I actually can tell you like my own story, my own background, getting involved in the space of, uh, of uh, I actually started in actually direct sales and network marketing. Uh, actually, 2000, uh, yeah, 1999, I actually really, really I got into the network marketing space. And then um, from there, I remember actually going to, going to college and struggling during, during the college time. I was actually wandering around aimlessly. I was asking myself, is this something that I really want to do? Do I really want to go to college and, you know, sit here, um, you know, <laughs> in a chair that is kind of like a cooped up desk and listen to people educate me on things that I have no clue why I'm going to use it for. And actually, to be honest with you, uh, to tell you how bad it was going to college, um, I took the SATs and stuff like that. And when they placed me, they placed me in ESL, right? So you can hear my, you can hear how I talk. I speak, I think I speak really good English, right? But they put me in English as a second language. And I'm like, man, you put me in the wrong place, man. And I try to argue and fight them. They said, no, man, you they actually did fall right in. Don't worry. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it was pretty bad. And then, um, then they put me, they put me in uh, English 98 or so. It was like the most basic of English, you know. And I actually ended up taking that class and I failed. And then I actually had to retake it. And then I had a D, which is pretty much fail. Then I took it again the third time and I got a D again. By the time actually the fourth semester I took it, my teacher knew my name, knew my birthday. Uh, she actually kind of like looked at me like family. And then she basically like, hey, look, man, I, I love you. You're like, I've known you like for a long time now, but you can't take my class no more. And I was like, what? It's like, yeah, you keep failing all the time. And um, at that point, that was my turning point. I realized like, I really, I really don't. I'm not going to do well at school because I don't believe in it. And I really decided that I, I asked myself what did I want to do. And I really wanted to become an entrepreneur. So that's when I really, um, I really went home. I was still living with my mom at the time. And I actually went home and I actually told my mom, mom, I decided I wanted to, I know what I want to be. And she's like, what, what do you want to be? I said, I want to be a network marketer and an entrepreneur. My mom's like so old school, like Asian. She actually looked around and she looked on the ground. She saw like a slipper and she threw it at my face, right? It was kind of like the most funniest thing in the world. Um, and then I actually dodged it and she was like, what? You're crazy. I told you you have to go to school, get good grades and go on and become a doctor. I'm like, no, that's like totally like, that's not me. But then, um, you know, Andrew, you asked me like, how did you build a global business? I think at that moment is when I realized like, a lot of people, they are drifters, you know, like me, like by the time I was 21 or maybe 22 years old, I really came to the fruition that I was like, you know, I know what I want to be. I know what I want to be. I know where I'm, I know where I want to go. I don't know how I'm going to get there yet, but I do know exactly where I, what I want to be. And I had a, an absolute determination and desire and a more definite that I knew that that's what I wanted to do or who I wanted to be. I actually really don't like to tell people like how much money I've earned or what Van and I have actually accomplished and stuff like that. We do share it through if someone asks us through our stories and stuff. But um, I, if I do share any stories, I like to share the painful stories that I've gone through.
um, you know, talking about how my mom, like, basically, you know, really forced me down a, a rabbit hole of like going to school, get a, you know, getting a degree, and fighting against that, um, hating college, um, being the fact I'm Vietnamese, like the worst case scenario. If I totally screwed everything up, I would have to own a nail salon. Like it's the most funny, funniest thing in the world. Um, but. <laughs> Like that, like seriously, like all my aunts and uncles, they all got the accent. They are like, hey, you know, I mean, I don't want to be stereotypical, but that's where my route was. Like, you're going to either be a doctor, a lawyer, worst case scenario, you're going to own a nail shop. I'm like, no, don't. And I had to fight that early on. And I'll share those stories, you know, I'll share those those stories because that's where how you become successful. So, So how do you build a global business? I'll tell you this. Building a global business, if you really want to be successful, I'm just top of my head, okay? Number one, you have to know how to build relationships. You have to know how to build relationships. When you meet someone and you see someone that has the same vibration energy as you, like absolutely same vibration energy as you, you have to give the best first impression ever given, okay? And you know what? You got to be genuine about it. It just has to be built into your DNA. You have to work and learn how to become really effective at building the, the best first impression you personally, uh, per possibly can. The second thing I can say is be very intuitive of what people's interest in. You gotta have like passion, you gotta have, all those things are rooted behind um, def determining what your definite chief aim is first. Like I've talked about that like crazy on this call or on this podcast is like, I actually, since really young, I already knew exactly what I wanted. And everyone's going to be different. The second thing is that once you have that, uh, I'm a creature of habit. Okay. So my thing is this, you have to have the right philosophies. Okay. From your philosophies will determine your uh, attitude. Okay. Well, you know, like my daughter, right? My daughter's like, dad, how come some of my friends uh, look, uh, they always are sad all the time. And my daughter's 13 years old, right? She's trying to understand life. And then I was like, I'm like, Maddie, look, some people are just, they look at life differently. You go out and you look at the sky and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, it's gloomy, it's dark, it's gray. But then some people look at it and go, wow, it's raining. And I'm excited. I always want to wear like dress up, I want to dress warm. It's the same sky. It's the same gloomy sky. But how come one says, I love it when it's gloomy. And some people, woe is me, it's gloomy. And the difference is that people have a philosophy is how you view life determines your attitude, basically how you're going to project it. And then the attitude determines your actions. And the actions ultimately determine uh, your results and your results determine, determine your lifestyle, okay? So for me, I always made sure that I actually worked my butt off, my ass off on having the right philosophies because I realized that 80% of, of what you create and manifest in your life, 80% is it mindset and then 20% of it skill set. And once you actually have the right mindset, you don't have to worry about passion. You don't have to worry about uh, getting burned out and stuff like that. To me, uh, everything's a scoreboard for me personally, right? I don't, I don't ever look at how much money I have as a way of how much more I can spend. I look at the amount of money as a measuring stick for me of how much I've accomplished. And how much I've accomplished means there's lives that are impacted. I'm adding uh, value to the marketplace. I'm contributing to the marketplace. Those things actually really motivate me, but those things actually help me not get burned out. Like for example, Andrew, you said, hey, you know, you text me and I text you back. I, th I, don't, I don't know what time it was, maybe three o'clock or four o'clock in the morning for me. I forgot. But the moment I wake up, 
uh, to the to the moment I go to bed, two, three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning, I'm either taking my kids to school, picking up my kids to school. Um, I'm actually uh, uh, on uh, either training a group, uh, running running operations for one of our companies, uh, managing one of the hedge funds I, I manage, uh, or I'm actually um, you know I'm actually uh, working with our relationships in, in the international market. Uh, I mean, it's crazy. The whole day is just crazy. I can absolutely say I could get burned out, but I love what I do. I love what I do because I know that in the end, I'm adding value to the marketplace. Yeah, I mean, no, like what gives you that energy though? Because like you just wake up and you're just high on life and you're going to, you know, go for oh, 20 hours. Yeah, Iris, again, uh, yeah, good, good. I didn't get a chance to answer that. So my whole point earlier was that I'm a creature of habit. So basically I know that habits can actually destroy me, you know, cause I have bad habits. I'm not absolutely not perfect. I get, I totally know my bad habits, but what I want to do is I wanted to instill good habits that produce positive results. I've identified what my key performance indicators are things that ring the cash register, things that produce positive results in my life. And what I do is I say, okay, how do I create habits that ring the cash register? What are those things? Talk to new people, sharing the information, people. If you're in the real estate industry, you know, be, do more open houses. Like I identify what those things are and I've integrated my life. Going to the gym four days out of the week, three days out of the week. I say, look, I got to get so good at making these things a habit that I don't have to even think twice about it. And so I know I screw up on certain habits, but I want to make sure that my habits that don't are, are not screw ups outweighs the ones that are screwed up, you know, like I'm a late person, right? Mm -hmm. Andrew kind of probably knows my personality. Like I'm kind of late sometimes. And, and sometimes I don't meet all my, uh, my appointments, but you know what? I actually know that, know that. And I increase all the other ones. So that way I outperform. So I'm a law of average kind of guy. So bottom line is I live, I plan tomorrow before tomorrow begins and I live by my planner. And if I, I can't live at a hundred percent, but I try my best to be 75% effective and I plan all the things that are high payoff activities, then that's all I focus on. There's A activity, B activity, C activity. C activity are the things that waste money. You rearrange your desk, you do your laundry. I spend very little time on that. I bring other people to do that stuff. B activities are the things that inspire me and motivate me. And A activity are the things that ring the cash register. I spend, when I plan, I, I plan 80, percent of my day on a activity and 20 percent of time i spend on things that inspire me listen to good audios read a good book i make sure i cram that in and i go to the gym those things if i don't do 20 percent of my uh, of my planning uh, i'm screwed up on my 80 percent of my a activity so what are your favorite audios like in people that you like to listen to man i'm an old school guy i can tell you right now i got like right here right next to me i mean i got uh, I got fully charged. Okay. This is a good book. This is a very simple book that, uh, the, the person who wrote this, I uh, talked about strength fighter 2.0, and these are just three keys to help energize your life, you know, working out, sleeping, sl taking naps along the day. If you are a high performance player. So instead of sleeping eight hours or seven hours a day, which your body needs, I uh, just take naps throughout the day. Um, basically the Bitcoin billionaires, uh, the, the two, uh, Winklevoss, uh, the Winklevoss twins that uh, founders of Gemini also, um, you know, uh, they founded Facebook. Anyways, this is their story. Uh, I'm like halfway into that. Um, Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. I actually was mentored by this man uh, for 13 or 14 years. Uh, talks about how the simple disciplines that 
make no difference in all the act of doing them, makes all the difference over time. Or you can make simple errors in judgment that makes no difference in act of doing, but it takes you down a path of failure. Um, so Simon Sinek is great. Uh, you know, if I can hover through that. Last thing I can point out, I'm a huge fan of Napoleon Hill. Uh, you You're know. not or you are? I am. Okay, me too. Yeah, powerful, powerful. Everyone's a staple book, right? Like Think and Grow Rich. I And, uh, you know, he was... You know, Napoleon Hill uh, was asked to interview the, the the top 200 people that had the most yeah. success in the world, find the 13 things that had in common, and he puts it in a book. I mean, it's timeless. Yeah, yeah so. it's so simple, but yet it was like mind blowing. Like that book changed like my whole mindset. Yeah, it's right here, right here in front, uh, right here. Yeah, right and I don't ever buy hard copies, but I, I I have one, and it looks just like yours, like notes and post its and everything. Yeah, it's kind of funny you bring this up. You know, last night, your uh, van, myself, so my wife and I were just kind of sitting at the couch, and uh, we were just kind of having uh, pre-pillow talk, right? So we chat, hey, how's things going? How's your day? Uh, so we're both, like, crazy, like, mafia hustlers, right? We, we, like, look at each other. We give each other kisses, but I'm going to the gym, and she's, like, cranking the phone. She's on, like, different, like, podcasts and all these different things. And one of the things... Uh, I asked her, was like, hey, have you seen the news? She's like, yeah, you know, the elections. And anyways, we're not going to talk about that. And then uh, and then she asked me, she's like, did you see the market? Did you see the marketplace? I'm like, oh, man, it's terrible. So obviously, yeah, at the, at the time of recording this uh, podcast, you know, FTX actually had a whole situation with Binance, uh, bought it, didn't buy it. Whatever the case was, it really dumped the market between like 20 to, you know, some some projects in the crypto space, 70%. Uh, took a huge dip and um you know even all some of our businesses have taken a dip as well and i said and so what do you think she's like she's like this is what they call the the recession she's like people don't realize it yet but it's coming and i said what do you think is are we going to be affected she's like hell yeah but she's like i'm not worried i'm like why she's like because we're always double downing and always making sure that we are working hard through the tough times. Uh, a lot of people, their mind is drifting away, worried about things that they have no control on. The only thing you can do is control the things that you can and what you're willing to do. And so for Van and myself, we're absolutely double downing on the business that we're running. Uh, we're also making sure we're, we're making strategic moves, uh, but absolutely we're accelerating on things we're passionate about because right now is the time where I believe People are looking for ways to generate more money. People are looking for more ways to add more things to make better quality of their life. And if you are out there, you are um, you're t tenacious, you are, uh, you're witty, and you actually know how to get yourself out there, people are looking for a tribe that they can galvanize with. They're looking for a community where they can say, Look, it's uncertain out there, but these guys, whoever they are, I don't know what they do, but I know I want to follow them. You know, so it, that's the key is that if you can do that during a recession, if you are an entrepreneur, if you're running a business, if you're not, look for one. Because I want you to know that that's where the key is. The key is really free enterprise, running your own business, getting that first impression, um, having that desire and really go put some good habits in place focus on the right activity and be obvious out there. And then I promise you that during a 
during a down market, you're going to attract the right tribe that's going to follow your same vibrations. Yeah, when they start talking negative and like the sky is falling and I like it's so cringe. Like I just I want to get as far away from it as I can. Like I see all the news. I follow different news um, market updates and stuff like that. But I just yep. like the energy like, yes, that's happening. But like, what are we going to do? And so it's it's everywhere. The constant negativity about, people, I, I, you know. Iris, I mean, I love what you said, you know, like you following the news and stuff like that. And sometimes not even just the news, sometimes it's your social media. You know, mm -hmm. the social media, they, it's terrible, right? They talk about a bunch of stuff. They gossip about a bunch of stuff, stuff that puts no value into other people's life, your life. And so what, what Van and I do is we just protect our mind. Yeah. Uh, we're like, I don't have time for this stuff. And then we basically, we actually don't even pay attention to be honest with you. We're like, okay, look. I didn't even know about the whole market stuff until like at night, like when I finally opened up, I'm like, whoa, because I'm so busy. Yeah. I'm really so busy focusing on things that really add more value to other people's lives. We're going to we'll probably need a part maybe if you have time for a part two. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, not a problem at all. It's fun. And I get to ask you questions now, Iris and Andrew. That's kind of funny because some people that talk about real estate, or any, any sector in the real estate industry, they go, man, it, during a recession, you know, the, the real estate market's going to burst or whatever the case is. There's huge, huge, huge opportunity in the real estate market if you know how to play the game. And that's, and that's what entrepreneurship is all about. Entrepreneurship isn't about a person owning a bunch of businesses. Entrepreneurship, in our definition, is a person that knows how to put solutions in problems that they face, period. That's good. All right. Thank you. Thank you, everybody.